0: everyone this is brayden and tally the voice of my beloved podcast we have reached the end of the song of songs our final episode here on the book so kind of sad kind of happy it'll be fun to do the next thing too i'm sure but uh yeah we've gotten to the end of the book here and it's been
1: fun it's been an enriching thing for our marriage i have to say
0: it has been it's been yeah. great
1: just to uh to be looking at this book together, and it's been spiritually refreshing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I would say been. Uh, we actually our first week of being married, we read through the Song of Songs together, yep. and it's been something that has just been a little bit of a theme throughout our marriage. It has been, yeah, and so going through this in depth study has been really, really good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I think we've mentioned a couple times, we have most of it put to song, which was another whole season of of life, and that was really neat too. But I'm I'm really neat, I, or I'm, I'm excited that we, um, we got to go through this study before recording the Song of Songs.
1: It adds a little more depth to it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, when I sing the, the verses now, I'm like, oh, wow, that, that means more now. That's neat. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to just dive right into the into the study here today.
1: Here we go. So giving a little bit of background to last week. So we talked about the vineyard. The vineyard that belongs to the bridegroom, that is, he's the master of it. Solomon. Yeah. Solomon had a vineyard at Baal Hamon, which Mm -hmm. means parabolically.
0: The Lord of many. Yeah.
1: Yeshua has this vineyard that is, he's the Lord of it. He's the Lord of many people in this vineyard. Mm -hmm. So we're going down following this uh, train here. We mentioned he leased the vineyard to keepers, and these keepers are, the workers in the kingdom, mm-hmm. right? The people that are out in the harvest, they're ministering, ministering to God's people, mm-hmm. and they're bringing in people into the kingdom. So these are the keepers. And now we're at this verse, uh, the continuation here. Everyone was to bring for its fruit a thousand silver coins. Mm-hmm. So this is a-
0: More cryptic part <laughs> yeah, here. Cryptic little <laughs>
1: part here. So we we'll just look at some of the interpretations of this verse so a thousand in the scripture is we know that yeshua is coming to reign for a thousand years so there's this idea coming to the end of the book of his kingdom you know redemption yeah redemption his kingdom coming in the earth and so I believe there's a connection there
0: and silver is isn't that yeah silver redemption
1: in the scripture too. speaks of redemption mm-hmm. so just this whole idea of a thousand silver coins representing he's coming to redeem the earth. He's coming to the vineyard. He's, uh, and the fruit of the vineyard is going to be sweet. It's going to be full of redemption. Mm-hmm. So we have this verse in Malachi three, three, he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. So here we have this verse, this connecting silver with being purified. Uh, you know, purify my heart, God, let it be like silver, let it be like gold. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be the the priest that are mm-hmm. ministering to God. Mm-hmm. They're going to have this refined heart. And this is the bride, I believe at the end here, she's, she's offering this a thousand silver coins for the fruit, right? Mm-hmm. She's offering her whole self. She's offering her life and she desires the fruit. She desires to be one who bears fruit for the glory of the bridegroom. Mm-hmm going to 1 John 3, 2 through 3. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Mm -hmm. So, along the lines of the scriptures that say, be holy as I am holy, right? We're called to be pure, to purify ourselves just as he is pure. The bridegroom is so pure. And here John is saying, you know, we had this hope of seeing him, of being transformed into his likeness. Mm -hmm. As that hope burns within us, then we desire purity. We are getting impurities out of our lives. Mm -hmm. We're allowing the refining fire of God to just make us into these, pure worshipers. Uh this is what God is making us into.
0: Yeah, this is yeah. I'm I'm getting this. This is really good. <laughs> so it's like um yeah, if we want to take part of the fruit of the kingdom, the the fruit of this whole relationship, it's like allowing God to do that work um in us to bring that purification, make us ready um, And then it's like, this is the, uh, you know, the payment or whatever. It's the the price, the price of that, of being able to enter into that, that finished work. So yeah, it's, that's good. I like it.
1: Yeah. So going on to verse 12, my own vineyard is before me. So this is speaking of our own area of responsibility, Mm -hmm. right? Solomon has his vast vineyard of worldwide believers. The bride says, I have my own vineyard before me. I have my own area that God has tasked me with. And she's, she's at this point, the journey, she's taking care of her vineyard, right? Mm -hmm. In the beginning, she said my own vineyard, I have not kept. Now she's saying my own vineyard is before me. Mm -hmm. I am, I'm taking care of it. I believe she's, she's saying now Mm -hmm. Uh, Spurgeon has an interesting quote on this. He says, there are a great many people who seem to forget that they have a vineyard of their own to keep, or else if they remember it, they cannot say my vineyard, which is mine is before me for they go about gazing on other people's vineyards instead of keeping their eyes fixed upon their own. They say, look at so-and-so's vineyard. I don't think he trims his vines in the new style. (laughs) So just a little bit of Spurgeon wisdom there. (laughs) The bride, she said, my own vineyard is before me. I'm basically taking care of what God has given me. Mm -hmm. I'm not distracted. I think of Peter and Yeshua walking on the seashore, right? And mm-hmm. Peter turns around, well, what about him? Looking at John, just, <laughs> Yeshua basically says, don't worry about him, just follow me. <laughs> right, right. So, it's too often we spend too much emotional energy on looking at other people's vineyards,
0: mm-hmm.
1: looking at the, you know, whatever, whatever the problem might be, they're, they're not yeah. being fruitful, whatever. and whereas God is really calling us, let's look at our own vineyard. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's be um, focused on what is God doing and re- how is he refining me mm-hmm. and not so critical of others?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can even think of the, um, the approval of man, how that can get in the way of us, you know, tending to our own vineyard, you know, to the things that God's putting in front of us. I think people sometimes can say, no, this is what you should be tending to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but really being able to, to be focused and have the relationship with our bridegroom to know, I'm at peace. This is this is my this is my vineyard. This is before me. This is what I'm keeping watch over.
1: Yeah, I see this sentiment expressed with Paul in Acts 20, 28. He says that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Yeshua to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Mm-hmm. So here Paul, I believe he had the same mindset. I'm going to finish what God has set before me to do. And so I just encourage you. I believe there's things that God has called each of you to do out there. They're listening and just to tend that, to tend that well, to water it, to keep it nourished and fruit will come. You know, the scripture speaks of bearing fruit with patience. Sometimes it takes patience, right? To see that, that fullness of fruit come forth, Mm -hmm. but it will come. Goes on says you O Solomon may have a thousand. So here she just mentioned that everyone's going to bring a thousand silver coins Mm -hmm. and she's okay. My vineyard here, and I believe she's referring to her vineyard as being part of the big vineyard, right? Mm-hmm. She's saying, you may have a thousand of Solomon. So in a sense, he's requesting a thousand. The bride says, and you can have a thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's what you want, it's almost like um, he says, jump, and she says, how high? You know, <laughs> right. kind of type of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah she, I think she's also kind of understanding that these two, like, tending to her vineyard, but then also being a part of solomon's vineyard that that like goes together like they're both right here right like even in the same verse my own vineyard is before me and you O solomon you may have a thousand like i want a part of your vineyard too recognizing that there's a connection there you know that right that it goes hand in hand
1: yeah that's good so it goes on it says and those who tend its fruit 200 so evidently, she had helpers that were tending her vineyard, and she's saying they can have 200, which seems to be this idea of people, you know, in, your, in our lives, there's, there's those helpers, right? There's those people that tend the fruit in our lives. I can think back on many people in my life that I could say fell in this category mm-hmm. of tending the fruit that God was bringing forth in me mm-hmm. and helping me. Uh, you know, there were seasons of confusion, seasons mm-hmm. of anxiety, fear, but God brought along people to encourage me and to help me see past these weaknesses to actually, uh, grow in the knowledge of Yeshua. Mm -hmm. So I'm thankful. And so the bride is recognizing those people here. It seems that they were a major part of her journey. And so she's saying, Solomon, you get the thousand, but then there's going to be people that are going to be rewarded as well for bringing her forth. Mm -hmm. They can have 200. Right. Right. Verse 13, you who dwell in the gardens, and in the Hebrew, the word dwell there is yoshevit, which actually means to sit. So you could translate this verse as you who sit in the gardens. And this is speaking of, this is the bridegroom, right? Speaking to the bride. And he's saying, you who sit, he's speaking directly to her. You're sitting in the gardens. This is her identity. She's in the midst of the fruit. She's in the midst of the growth. She is not isolated far away from the people of God. Mm -hmm. She is in the middle of the garden. Mm -hmm. And this is her identity. I love this at the end of the journey that Mm -hmm. she has not grown bitter towards people. She's not isolated herself, but she's sitting in the midst of the garden. Mm -hmm. And this is a beautiful thing for us to really take to heart because if you're like most people, you have gone through challenges, relationship challenges, uh, things that can make you shrivel up and pull back. Mm-hmm. But I encourage you to walk in forgiveness, to walk in openness and honesty, and be this bride that is still dwelling in the garden, that is still desiring to love and to walk in, in peace with the people that are in the garden.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this um, identifying thing too. You who who sit in the gardens... It's such a. It sounds like such a beautiful, uh, a beautiful part of identity. It's like this is who I am, the person who sits in the gardens. Sounds nice. Yeah,
1: I think too. You know, early on in the journey, she talked about I sat in his shade, uh-huh. right, and received the Great fruit. Yeah. yeah, and so here at the end of the journey, she's still in that position. She's mm-hmm. still, you know, as we mentioned in a few podcasts before, she's the one who's leaning on her beloved, mm-hmm. right, in this place of sitting. It's still this place of. I'm just receiving from him. Right. Right. I'm still just eating that fruit that he provides mm-hmm. and there's a place of peace there. All right? So going on, it says the companions listen for your voice. So here are the bridegroom's telling her you're sitting in the gardens, you're you're right there in the midst of all the people mm-hmm. and they're listening for you. They mm-hmm. they want to hear from you. And I believe this is a place of maturity. God's going to bring people forth through this journey that we've been on through the Song of Songs, and they're going to be found in this place of just receiving the grace that God gives, walking in love, and there's going to be the companions that are going to be attentive to hear the, that voice of experience, mm-hmm. that those people that can come alongside and tell the younger, you know, yeah, I've been through that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have experienced what you, I've experienced the rejection. Right. I've experienced the pain of broken relationships and I've experienced even the bridegroom feeling distant from me, mm-hmm. but he loves you so much. You know, mm-hmm. just this sense of experience goes a long way.
0: Right. You know,
1: mm-hmm. that these companions are, they're listening for your voice. They're listening for for your wisdom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I love here. Um, I'll, I'll wait and let you talk about the next part here. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, uh, she says, let me hear it, you know. So I love that. Yeah, I just think that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, not only are the <laughs> like, companions listening. Yeah, but the bridegroom says, "Let me hear it Let too." Let me hear it. I but, just yeah.
0: love that. That's so neat. Yeah, because it's uh, it's saying, um, you know, in the last verse, you've got her her vineyard and his vineyard, and that's like a together thing. And then here, it's like, you know, they're listening for your voice. You you know, speak, testify to. Those that are listening to your voice, but let me hear it too. Like it's like this how it goes together. You know, it's like the, you know, being a voice of encouragement to the body, but then also um understanding that how much the bridegroom wants to hear our voice as well.
1: Yeah. There's a song that I've been listening to a little bit recently. It goes Let me see your face, let me just hear your voice, let me see the one I love, let me see the one I love. And it's just this beautiful understanding that the bridegroom, the one who created us, Mm -hmm. he loves to hear us. Mm -hmm. He loves to hear us pray, he loves to hear us praise him. And this is the revelation of the Song of Songs. The bridegroom who is so aware of all of our needs and is so aware of all of our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. The bride was not always, you know, this super strong, mm-hmm. you know, woman. But he's always saying, I love to hear, I love to hear you speak to me. Mm-hmm. Keep that communication going. Right. And that that's that's a powerful point of victory. You mm-hmm. know, if we can, even in a point of feeling like, oh, what am I doing? You know, why, mm-hmm. why is all this happening? But to remember the bridegroom's voice saying, oh, I just want to hear your voice. I love to hear you worship. I love to hear you A desire relationship with me. Mm-hmm. And, and when you, that's half the battle won right there. If you can just believe that that is the truth, right? then prayer becomes a delight. Mm-hmm. You, you begin to delight spending time with the one. If he doesn't even like your voice, you know? right. if he doesn't even like to be with you, why would you pursue that? Right, But no, he's the one who loves the way your voice sounds. Mm-hmm. You know, as humans, we have this whole thing of like certain people have nice voices. Certain people don't have nice voices. Yeah. The bridegroom, he loves your voice. He created your voice. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. And um, even within that, you know, I'm sure um, most of us have gone a season being Distant from someone that we love, you know, for whatever reason, you're traveling or whatever it is. And then when you like hear their voice again, it's like, oh, there they are. You know, I I know I I feel like that with, um, we've got several family members that are over in Israel and haven't seen them for a couple of years now. And, uh, when I hear their voice, I'm like, oh, I used to hear that all the time. (laughs) Like, and, uh, just the sweetness of that. And, um, so I just think of that, like, that. You know, it's just such a uh, sweet thing, you know, when you hear the voice of someone that you love. And also just remembering that this is, you know, that this is mentioned. He, This isn't the only time that that he's saying this to her. That um, when he's calling um, calling her, my love, my dove, um, he's saying, let me hear your voice. Let me see your face. Right. And, um, you know, just just reiterating that. Let me hear it, you know.
1: Right. Yeah, and I believe it's in different ways. You know, he wants to hear our voice in worship. Of course, mm-hmm. and then intercession, praying for others, you know, having a heart to intercede for others around us, mm-hmm. and then also sharing the word. I believe he, he longs to hear us share his heart with the broken and lost. Mm-hmm. And I believe in all those contexts, there's a place of he's delighted to hear us mm-hmm. speaking. You know, if you testify of me before men, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of, there's a passage in the gospels. And so, um, he, he's delighted by that. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 62, you know, says, I will not be silent for Zion's sake. And so there's this call to lift up our voices, to make right. our voices heard. And it has a mighty spiritual impact as we do. Verse 14 says, make haste my beloved and be like a gazelle or a young stag on the mountains of spices. So she's directly following this, this call, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, The bridegroom says, Let me hear your voice. And then she lifts up her voice. The bride here speaks and says, Make haste, my beloved. Mm -hmm. She's longing for him to come, I believe. And uh, this is a, I believe in the whole story, this can be likened to the Revelation passage that says, You know, the spirit and the bride cry, Come. Make haste, my beloved. We want you to come. We want you to quickly Mm -hmm. come. Uh, Yeshua mentions three times in the book of revelation, uh, in the last chapter there, I'm coming quickly. And so here, the bride, she says, yes, make haste. My beloved, I want you to come quickly, mm-hmm. be like a gazelle or a young stag on the mountains of spices. So, first uh, Timothy four, eight, it says, finally, there is laid up for me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will give to me on that day and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So here, Paul, he's speaking of this truth that there's going to be those that love his appearing and they're going to be given this crown of righteousness. Mm-hmm. And this is the bride. She's saying, make haste. We long for you. We want you to come. And uh, this, this is really the heart of the bride.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, this is, this was mentioned earlier in the song as well, where he's, she's telling him to be like a gazelle or a young stag on the mountains and I believe it's right after she decides not to go with him right on the mountains of Bater, right? The mountains of separation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you see that this is like, back then it was like the mountains of Bater and it was like right before this whole crisis happens with the bride. And then here it's like on the mountains of spices and you can see like, it's kind of like full circle. Like she's, you know, reached a mature place and now she's like, um, the longing to, like, make haste, like, come quickly. I want to be with you. Like, it's the opposite of what happened last time with this. Yeah, it's good.
1: Yeah. So the gazelle, it would speak of speed. You, have, you may have seen a gazelle running. They're very quick. Mm-hmm. And so be like a gazelle, so come quickly. And then stag would represent strength, right? You're coming and overcoming obstacles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, Yeshua, when he comes back, he is going to overcome a lot of demonic obstacles, a lot of mm-hmm uh, powers, governmental powers. He's going to be this mighty stag that's going to overcome all of these things. Mm-hmm. He will come overcome every enemy. And then as Tally, you mentioned the mountains of spices, this represents worship. Uh, these are, you know, huge, you know, mountain. We talked about the beds of spices earlier on. These are mountains of spices. Mm-hmm. This is really, I believe, speaking of the eternal kingdom, the eternal city mm-hmm. that the scripture talks about, and this is going to be a place of just mountains of overflowing worship, just extravagant worship. worship. Yeah, uh, the spices represent, yeah, this the fragrance, the 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 fragrance of worship. And so, this is what Yeshua is going to come back to: mm-hmm. just abundance of worship, abundance of of love. And uh, this is what the song ends on: this note of He's going to come back as this gazelle, as this stag, mm-hmm. to receive His glory. Mm-hmm. And so. Amen. It's been fun, uh, doing this podcast. I hope you've been blessed and we might
0: do We might do a, another podcast next week with just kind of like a summary. Like for me, I felt like we, you know, just going through chapter by chapter and seeing, you know, how, how the whole story kind of comes together at the end. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So much blessings to you all. Keep pursuing the bridegroom. He is worthy.
0: Mm hmm. Says Braden and Tally, reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom. He is coming quickly. Yeshua, I love you.